You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's bring in an old friend who called that game for Fox Sports, Charles Davis. You also see him doing great work on NFL Network. CD, we appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Hope you guys are the same. We're doing better because we have a chance to chat with you. So let's start with the game that you witnessed in person and you talked to the Vikings coaches getting ready for that matchup in our nation's capital. How do you think they're going to handle the quarterback situation moving forward, even though Case Keenum had a big performance? Mike Zimmer, as you know, non-committal yesterday and would not name a starter today. Yeah, and I think that when you get that from Mike Zimmer, he hasn't said a word, so I can, I'm not using his words and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. So this is just me extrapolating and taking what I believe to be an educated guess. If he's not committing to Case Keenum, who's in the midst of a 5-2 and record as a starter during this time frame, you could probably stretch it to 6-2 and if you give him credit for the Chicago game that he relieved Sam Bradford. But in any event, playing well, big part of why they won yesterday, even though he threw the two interceptions late. He made some really nice throws. Team responds to him. I think Pat Sherman, the offensive coordinator, is doing a really nice job in playing to his strengths and making them part of the offense. But the head coach is not committed and said, this is who we're riding all the way through with a quarterback coming off of a horrendous knee injury, hasn't played, no preseason. He's going to play. And I mean Teddy Bridgewater. He actually told us in our meeting at some point, I expect Teddy Bridgewater to be our quarterback this year. He said, when, I can't tell you. So they're working hard in practice to try and get him ready. Teddy Bridgewater is taking a lot of reps with the first team, not more than than Case Keenum, but more than you would have a backup quarterback take. I think Cordell could tell you what that ratio would be in in normal situations. But more than that, and they're doing a lot of other things in practice, scripted and unscripted to try and get Teddy ready to play. And I'll finish with this. To me, that means that internally they probably said to themselves, we believe Case Keenum can take us to point A. But point B being playoff Super Bowl deep, they must feel like Teddy Bridgewater is the guy to take them there for them to be in this spot. That's just my this that's just my read on it after being with them last week, and I'll see him again this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Charles, can you create a case of why Case Keenum should continue to start until proven that he's not able to anymore? Yeah, I think that you can. And Cordell, I think this week's game made the case for him more than anything. Because the case against him was, if you look at Minnesota's schedule so far, it has not been murderer's rough. So when you look at the games that Case Keenum won as a starting quarterback, they weren't against teams that were very good. The teams that that would be respected around the league and you would put in the good category, they lost those two games. So people would say, see, he can win this, but he can't win that. But Washington was an interesting case because them going to Seattle last week and winning – signals that you've got a team that's got talent. They also did it when they didn't have all their players. This week, they had most of their offensive line back. They, they, they had you know just about everybody up for defense. And Case Keenum threw four touchdown passes, not because his receiver was just wide open, but a lot of things that he did as well, made a ton of plays. And remember, Washington scored first, made it 7 nothing, and the chase was on. So you can make that case a strong one. Team believes in him. Adam Thielen could not be happier having him there. They have a great telepathy. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph's catching the ball. The backs are running the heck out of it because that offensive line's taking care of them in the run game and take care of Keenum in the pass game. I could go on, but I'll stop there. I think there's a very strong case that could be made. And I think that if Mike Zimmer had said, hey, I'm committing to 
Case Keenum, and we'll go to Teddy only if we have to, I think the team would have been just fine with that. Obviously, the team's excited to have Teddy Bridgewater back. The respect, the respect factor is off the charts. That type of knee injury, he wasn't supposed to come back and play, period, let alone be back in a position where he may start another NFL game. So the team loves the story, respects Teddy greatly. But I do believe if he'd committed to Case Keenum, they would have hitched on and, and, and ridden. But I believe this organization feels like for what we really have in store here, what we really think we're having going on, and this could be a special year, heck, we might host the Super Bowl. Teddy Bridgewater must be the one that they think is the guy because they have not made that commitment to Case Keenum. Trying to make history, no team has ever played the big game in their home stadium. Closest we came to that was the Rams playing the Steelers in the Rose Bowl, taking you around the league with Charles Davis. Charles, we know Philadelphia is the most complete team in all of football, best record. But if we're looking at the NFC only with all the games in that conference you call each week for Fox, if I'm asking you to pick between the Saints, the Rams, and Vikings who match up on Sunday, who's the second best team in the NFC right now? Oh, boy, that's a a very good one. Um, I lean towards the Vikings because of their defense. But the Saints have played so well over the seven-game stretch and in part in part in a huge way because of their defense. And I think we're just having a hard time, Brian, getting our heads wrapped around the fact that we're talking about the Saints' defense so much. We've gotten so used to maligning it, and rightly so, that we're still trying to be convinced by it. Don't be convinced. Don't, 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 don't stress on it. Be convinced. That's a very good unit, and they're playing at top level. And Cam Jordan, their defensive end, doesn't get nearly enough attention as a defensive MVP candidate. Plays the run, the pass, motivates those guys. He does it all. So you're right there with all of them. The Rams are the next one that we're having trouble being convinced about because we're getting so used to their defense being pretty good, their offense being abysmal, that we're having to, we're really struggling with the idea that that offense is averaging more than double the points they averaged the year before. They scored more points in, a, in this season already than they scored all of last season. And Jared Goff, everybody wanted to call a bust, is not a bust. So we're having trouble getting our heads wrapped around that one as well. Again, I think be convinced. So I think the Saints-Vikings, I mean the Rams-Vikings game this week might be the tiebreaker for two. But the Saints are right there, guys. I've seen them in person a couple of times, and they get better and better. And last week, how about this for a surprise, Cordell? The Saints ran for more yards than Drew Brees <laughs> threw for. I think that's the third time in his career in New Orleans that that's happened. We talked about that early in the show and in mentioning that everything was done on the ground and he only had to throw for 80, 184 yards with no touchdowns in the air, which normally <laughs> doesn't happen, Charles. I'll, I'll say that. But Philadelphia, how good is this Philadelphia Eagles team? I mean, defensively, they're second to none from a physical standpoint. I think because of the pressure they apply up front, it helps the secondary out offensively with Carson Wentz. I mean, he has proven to me last year along with this year while he should have been the number one player taken overall but I think the better fit is Philadelphia how good is this football team also now that you've added Jay Ajayi along with the Garrett Blunt and everyone in this offense yeah they're very good I think the biggest concern they've got is still left tackle with Halapulavate Vitae but they're going to do nice things to help him tight ends on that side backs They'll run a, you know, they'll run different games there to make sure the pass rushers get slowed down. And you notice they left Lane Johnson on the right side because everybody thought they would flip him. Yep. But he said, and rightly so, a lot of pass rushers come from this side too, guys. And when they played Denver and Von Miller, a lot of us expected Von Miller to play games and go to the opposite side and rush by time more. 
Did you know coming into that game, he'd only gone to that side 14 times prior? So I don't know if it's a comfort zone for him, if that's how Denver wants to run defense. And Lane Johnson was right. I'm going to see all Von Miller, so he might want to leave me here. And they did, and it's working out very well. Defensively, Fletcher Cox is a wrecker inside, but he's gotten so much help from Tim Jernigan, which has allowed him to do more uh, on the inside. They've got linebackers that can run. Nigel Bradham's quietly having a Pro Bowl year. Not going to get the credit for it, filling in for Jordan Hicks. And Michael Kendricks, who they keep trying not to put on the field before, they're leaving him full-time. He's playing at a really high level. He's an excellent player and can run down everything. But the key for me is how the secondary tackles. Because how many secondary guys in Philadelphia can you name right now? See, I start with Malcolm Jenkins, but you ask fans, okay, name the secondary of the Eagles. They're going to struggle with that. But when guys catch the football, there's not much much yardage after catch. And that's a big, big deal when you start making people run extra plays. Typically, you create extra plays run on offense. You create better opportunities for takeaways. Got two minutes left, so let's get you out of here with this one. You're a proud Tennessee volunteer, shined in the SEC, playing in Tennessee. Now that your alma mater is looking for a new head coach, are they going to target John Gruden? Well, I can't say because I haven't talked to the, the athletic director on that, but his name is going to come up big, and you guys know by now that the fans would, would, would kill to have that happen. I don't think a, a good AD would not kick the tires on that. But I think what our AD would, would likely do is if he's going to kick the tires, I don't think he wants to kick them for long. He needs to find out if he's interested. And if so, you need to move fast. And if he's not interested, the request would be, please tell the world you're not interested. Because the longer it lingers out there, if John Gruden's a so-called candidate for the job, and I can't say if John is or isn't, but if he's not one, it needs to be out there that he's not, because otherwise, no, almost no matter who you hire, it's not going to feel right to Tennessee people. And I'll give you a quick example. You remember years ago when Steve Springer quit at Florida, okay? right? You remember that? And Jeremy Foley was the AD, and he did a search for his guys, and unfortunately it was way too public. He flew to Norman, Oklahoma to talk to Bob Stoops because of his time there with Springer as a defense coordinator. He flew to Denver at the time where Mike Shanahan was head coach and coming off a couple Super Bowls. And then he hired Ron Zook. Now think about that. Bob Stoops gets the people excited. Mike Shanahan gets people excited. You hire a guy who's never been head coach before in Ron Zook. It really put Coach Zook behind the eight ball before he ever coached a game at Florida because it seems like a thud hire instead of a boom hire. And that's the thing you want to avoid if you're Tennessee, that, hey, if John Gruden's name lingers forever, almost no matter who you hire, if it's not John, that coach comes in and the fan base isn't excited about it. If John says, hey, I'm not interested, great job, hope you get someone, then the fans can turn their turn their attention to loving whoever you get. You see what I mean? It's a psychological perception. I got deal. you. You're playing chess as always. Charles, we got to go. Next time I want to talk about your clothing allowance. You're looking too damn good on national TV, <laughs> my man. You're embarrassing all hey. of us. Keep it going. We'll be watching the Rams and Vikings. Thank you, Charles. As always, we Thanks appreciate the time. words. Thanks a lot. You guys be good. That is our friend, Charles Davis, summing it up. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.